This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Welcome to Nerds from the Underground. This is Michael, also known as Poet Air. I'm here today with Fred. We're going to be covering... We're going to be covering Frogcatchers, Volume 1 from Jeff Lemire, and we're also going to be covering Volume 1 of Folklords by Matt Kent. These are both awesome books. I, I've just realized recently, Fred, that you love Matt Kent and Jeff Lemire as much as me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they go hand in hand. So when we were talking about doing an episode together, I was like, oh, man, we got to do, you know, who's similar? <laughs> yeah, I got into Kent. Because I loved Lemire for like over 10 years and Kent used to do a lot of guest work in uh, Lemire's books. And so I'd be like, that guy's art's really good. And then once like mind management came out, I got really into that and then really into Department H. And now, I mean, even his newer stuff with Folklore and also with Bang that just came out. I don't know, Matt Kent's like one of my favorite writers. Grass Kings is also great. You guys just talked about that. Yeah. Another great work. I'm, I'm the same way. Black Badge. The same way just as you, like, I got into Jeff Lemire first, and then, you know, I noticed them having back and forth conversations, and I've seen, like, you know, Matt can do art for Jeff Lemire, so then I started, like, checking out his books, and I'm like, oh, wow, he writes just like him, except one's from Canada, one's from Missouri, right? <laughs> it's pretty close, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, one is from Missouri. I'm pretty sure, I feel like Lemire lived in America, though, for some parts of his life. Well, yeah, Toronto is very, very Americanized, I would say. It's very much like a like a Detroit, but but cleaner. <laughs> yeah, it is cleaner. So let's go ahead and get into Frog Catchers first, which is written and drawn by Jeff Lemire. A man wakes up alone in a strange room with no recollection of who he is or how he got there. The padlocked doors in the barren lobby reinforce the strangest of the place. This, as he reads from an old-fashioned keychain beside his bed. The Edgewater Hotel. Even worse, something ominous seems to be lurking in one of the rooms. But when he meets a young companion, the only other soul in this vast, enveloping emptiness, his new friend begs him not to unlock the door. There must be something behind it. But what? A haunted hotel on the edge of reality? An endless bridge spanning an infinite ocean? And a man and a boy looking for a way out? This is the setting for a boundary-pushing, genre-defying new work but fiction by one of comics' master storytellers. This comic is an emotional journey. Literally, I don't know how you felt, but about halfway through, I just this started hitting me in feels that, I don't know, I, it, should we even talk about the twists too early on or what's going on with the story? I think we can get into everything because I don't, you know, when I first picked up this book, I didn't think that, you know, the solicit thing, I thought that it, it was about a kid and some old man catching frogs. And then when you got deeper into this book, I was like, oh, shit, he's doing it again to us. He's, he's, he's pulling with our heart. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was almost like a horror story, you know what I mean? Even without the, the frogs, that it might be some kind of horror story. Yeah, definitely. That's what it, it seemed like to me, too, like it was going to be like that. But then how, how like it... Basically, the story starts out and we see a kid who's catching frogs under a bridge. And then, I mean, his art's so good. And it starts with the, the kid, after he catches the frogs, it has his hands and he's staring at his hands. Mm -hmm. And then the hands become a set of lungs on an x-ray. And then our character awakens in this hotel. He doesn't know how he got there. It's just a hotel floating in water, basically, with a bridge. He doesn't know where he is. Right. And you could hear something on the outside trying to get to him. And he eventually runs into the boy we see in the beginning that was catching frogs. Right. But yeah, so then it ends up in the hospital where you were getting to. Do you want to get into what's going on in the hospital and what's going on in the story? What I want to hit is the... <laughs> 
for me just the like this book felt like one man's fear of like the last moments of his life like but i didn't get that originally you know what i'm saying like in the beginning of the book like how it, like he took us from the beginning to like you know where there's chasing and the photographs were going everywhere you know what i'm saying and i was like wait what the hell is going on and uh, you know i picked up on clues like that yeah yeah but through it i felt like we were kind of like in an essex county book in the beginning with the the catching of the frogs and i'm like wait this book is becoming more like essex county but in other forms of a storytelling i was like man this is deep and it was a quick read even though it's isn't it over 100 pages i think it's a little over 100 pages i actually have a right here i can look the use of color in this like once he begins to accept death yeah and gets closer to the end and like the first moments of color and when you get to see where they really are where the hotel is that first like pan out where you see the whole body and all the color come in that was just really stuff like that and his use of color in this book i find like just almost transcendent it's a beautiful book man like just and we might be just saying that because we're lumiere fanboys <laughs> but it is like beautiful just how it just the storytelling he leads us along and pulls yeah. on the heartstrings and that wow yeah he really does and when he starts to remember he has kids and stuff like that and his children not coloring enough for the sun and mm-hmm. stuff like that and then realizing he's gonna die oh and it's gray then and then that kind of like one of those pictures and he loses them and he knows he's not gonna get them back Scenes like that, where it's the color explodes, it really does hit your hit your heartstrings. Yeah, yeah, man. I <laughs> when I first read it, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a fun book," and then I was like, "Oh, damn." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not fun. I got our buddy Blake online. Uh, I got him to read it. What he have to say? <laughs> he liked it. I think he he said uh he felt like he felt like he was gonna cry. I think my big thing was that I didn't want to tell anyone what it was about originally. Right just told people to read it because I feel like it's better to kind of take the journey. Even now, when we're talking about it here, it's almost like when I want, you know, when you listen to this, you should go out and read this book. I don't want to get too specific in it, right. but there's just such a, it's such a journey from beginning to end about just a man, his whole life in pieces. And then having to examine that from, you know, I think from like when you're a child mm-hmm. to when it's your final moments and just what was life. Now you probably will cling on, even though, you know, there's nothing left to cling on to. And it's, you know, there's only one other book that he wrote like that, and it's, for me, that felt like that, and it was kind of like the Dr. Star, but I think they renamed that. from. It's Dr. Star in the Kingdom of Something. Yeah, that book right there was very similar to this book right here for me, like the just the emotional, yeah. and, you know, but this one, it did feel like a horror story in the beginning, and the solicit kind of makes you feel like it's a horror story. Exactly, yeah. Which is kind of, I think, the trick, yeah. Yeah, but maybe it's just our emotional horrors from inside. <laughs> it's true, emotional. I can imagine that dying is pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. imagine for anyone that uh, your last moments are not, you know, the unknown of what's going to happen next is probably pretty terrifying. That's yeah. a horror story in its own, even if it's something as simple as dying in a hospital bed. It's probably, mm-hmm. it may be even scarier than other deaths, because then you're just sitting there. I mean, what goes on in your head when you're sitting there laying in bed dying? I don't want to even think about that <laughs> exactly yeah the end is strange one thing about the ending is that it goes back to him as a ch- child and it just kind of flips back and it's almost got like a like a wheel like everything you know going in a wheel like coming back again and even it ends with his wheel turning and turning the bike when he's riding off as a kid mm-hmm. so i'm saying if he even like loop back is he a kid again is it just a cycle that's happening yes did he actually interact with his young self that's a good question. I think that 
for me, when I read it, I felt like he was interacting with his young self, but maybe he wasn't. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I don't know if it was all metaphorical, just that the last panels really get to me where he, you know, where he comes with and brings his older self back to that under the bridge where he caught the frogs. And he tells him maybe it'll be better this time. You know what I mean? Like almost mm -hmm. saying like the young kid's life will be better. It's true. Even though they're the same person, it'll be better this time around, like another chance. And then he disappears and then he catches that other frog he couldn't catch in the beginning in the first life so it means it's somewhat different and then when the kid rides off on his bike it becomes color again it focuses on the wheel which i feel like is a True. symbolism of something going happening over and over again yeah that's some that's some deep shit right there. that's what we're getting into deep symbolism <laughs> the best books or movies or any yeah. kind of entertainment are the ones that they don't force feed you what happened and you can sit back and talk about them right for 10 years later where you don't really know what happened I mean, my opinion, even though I know Johnny hates all Nolan films, that Inception's Nolan's best film just because you can talk about, even more than Memento, you can talk about all the weird meanings. Was it all a dream? What's going on? That was never his top. Like, all, all weird things like that. No, I have a question for you. Like, when you read this book, and in the beginning, when you seen the little boy down by the, the river and stuff, did you feel like this was part of the Essex County, like, that world? It reminded me of the Essex County vibe. I mean, just of like growing up out in nature, going out, playing with animals, you know, going and playing in the woods. It definitely felt like that vibe. I didn't think it was directly related because I know that online he was talking about a long time how the project was really personal. Because he, he self-promoted the hell out of this and he got like Schuster to publish it, a book company published it, not even one of the comic book companies. And I know it was a really big and emotional project for Lemire. I had that vibe and then honestly, because I tried to know nothing about it until I read it. For the first like 20 pages or so, I thought it was going to be some kind of like horror mystery and then like halfway through i was like oh no like you said and i was like this is going to be emotional this isn't going to be this isn't going to be a horror story at all yeah yeah and it's it's a tough one and this is a tough one to start the podcast off with but i figured like when we were going to do this I, the heavier is better and then lighter <laughs> yeah because i mean i have so many light things to say about folklore yes. i'm a huge Hey, now I'm going to get off topic. We'll talk about it when we talk about folklorists. But I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. they both have such good ways of displaying their abilities to write and like their different writing talents and stuff like that. Lemire has gotten so emotional. And I, the thing is, I really wish and I've noticed about him is like, I wish he would stay more on projects like this and just do independent stuff. Because like, I don't like his big two stuff really ever. Not that much. His Joker miniseries he just did was OK. His question book is great. His question book that's coming out right now is great, but that's just because he can write noir good. But I, I bought that Animal Man omnibus because everyone talked about how good it was, and mm. I sold it to Blake for a cheap price because I read it, and I was not a fan. To me, it wasn't really Lemire's voice. The beginning was really good, but I feel like he did a lot of crossovers. You oh, could tell wow. the big two forced him into, and I could just tell when he doesn't want to write something and he's being forced, it's crap. And it's, you can tell it's crap because he doesn't really want to do it. And you can just tell he doesn't right. try and he's just derivative. And No, that's a, that's a good point because that's the reason why I like indie comics because, you know, the, the creative team has more of a – they have more of a voice. And, they you know, just like, for instance, not to get off a topic, but, like, I know people don't like Cullen Bunn's Aquaman. And they complain about it. But, I mean, that's not Cullen Bunn's writing. That's the editor. He's just doing his job. That's what he was paid to do. And I think that's a lot with, like, Lemire and everyone else. You know, just, like, what's the Lemire one? That, yeah. What's the, what's the group that they would the, – the team that they put together uh, with Plastic Man and – Terrifics. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that book. Like, I, I actually – that was the first Lemire book that I quit on. So, I mean – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. 
but that's like that's a big two thing you know what i'm saying it is yeah i just every time i see him and like his action wasn't very good but in his x-men he talked about tom brevert he wasn't even able to do anything he was able to write dialogue and tom brevert yeah. told him what the story was going to be and the only reason it's different now marvel is hickman the only reason he came back is he had full control basically made it that i'm not going to work for you unless i'm the editor basically which is nice. That's why his books, X-Men books, are good, and X-Men's been good again because Hickman's in control there. But, yeah. Yeah, you got to get them out there. And also, the indie comics really help the creators make their full money back, too. And with these books they make, they're not getting, the, uh, they're not getting like medical benefits and stuff like they get at the big two. So. And right now, that's an important thing. Well, Jeff gets medical benefits, but that's because he's Canadian. Yeah, that's because Jeff was in Canada. He's lucky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So anything else you want to add to this, uh, Frog Catchers? Because, I mean, I feel like, well, I don't, I don't know if we should say anything else. I feel like we will spoil it even more. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree. I would just say read it. Um, you can you can get it anywhere right now. It's, it's one book. It's really worth your money. It's going to take you on a journey, and you're going to be different than you were when you started reading it afterwards. Definitely check it out. You'll be a better person. You'll definitely be a better person. I agree. <laughs> All right. So now let's go ahead and we're going to move on to Folklords. So Folklords is by Matt Kent, Matt Smith, and colored by Chris O'Halloran. In the world of magic and monsters, Ansel is an outsider haunted by visions of our world and will risk everything to find the mysterious Folklords who can reveal the truth about his existence. Where do you belong? In a world of magic and monsters, Eisner Award-nominated creator Matt Kent teams with acclaimed artist Matt Smith for an adventure that blurs a line between fantasy and reality. I love this book. I know you did too, because me and you were raving about it the entire time it was coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a fun book. I don't have much love for fantasy unless it's written correctly, and Matt Kent definitely does that here because he made this a light kind of fun book. It was it's different, like a, a different tone for him because I'm so used to him writing spies. Like originally when we got into this book, I thought Ansel was gonna be like some John Wick character that he was just gonna be like some black bad stuff, you know, stuff that he does in his books. But uh, I was completely surprised by this book. It's amazing. I'm the opposite. I'm a huge fantasy fan. Uh, Sandman and Fables are two of my favorite books ever. And Sandman now is good again. The Sandman universe is great right now, but. I got kind of upset by fantasy after Fables because there's that period of time where there was like 30 Fables spinoffs after Fables ended and they were all terrible <laughs> and like fantasy just started becoming like not my favorite thing. But not only did this book kind of fill in my fantasy appetite that I wanted because Kent definitely wrote it well as a like aspiring writer and a fan of writing. It has so many little hidden Easter eggs in there. If you know about writing and writers specifically, you know what I like about this book is like how he takes Ansel, right? And he kind of flips like the world instead of it being about like us escaping to uh, like the folklore, you know, like the fables and things that we read as kids, but it kind of flips it and he's searching for like our world. And that's what I truly enjoyed about this. I love that. And there's so much stuff he left unanswered and left rooms open. Like, this is a great story. And it's basically like Ansel having dreams of our world, but he's stuck in this fantasy world. He's searching out these folklores who are basically forbidden to go after, who clearly have some kind of connection to our world. And there's weird narration through it that you find out who it is at the very end of the book. Don't want to spoil that. And then there's also weird, like, in the third issue, some weird mm -hmm. video game reference, as if the whole thing's some kind of game. And then that's never addressed again. That's left open. And one of my favorite parts is there's a guard who ends up protecting mm -hmm. Ansel in the series. 
who I'm a huge Jack Kerouac fan, and the series hints that that guard is Jack Kerouac, because Jack Kerouac's name in On the Road is Sal Paradise. That's the name he created for himself. So that through that, Matt Kent's heavily hinting that somehow that guard is Jack Kerouac, who has somehow gone into the folklore's world, is there... And he knew more than everyone else, too. And I love that little hint. Which I, and I, they had a few things like that with different writers and stuff like that. But I just love little stuff like that that Ken dropped. But one of my ma- major favorite things with Ken, everything he does is for age, mind management, with Bang coming out. And with this, is he has, his details are so oriented. He, leaves, he has such a detailed world. Whether he's like filling it in with backstories, which he's done with a lot of his stories in the past. But even this, where there's no filling in, but just the little details of everything that's going on in the world. And everything that's going around Ansel. I was like, and the journey itself is even brief, but it's just full of so much detail and memorable characters that it it seems a lot longer than it is. I could have read this for 12 more issues easy, and I really hope it comes back soon. Yeah, definitely. I, I think they left it off at, was it issue, issue five, right? Okay, and if you notice, like, the last cover of the floppy, there's, like, a map of our world. And then they show, like, you know, the prior couple pieces of art leading up to it with the the new character that's going in. And I was like, oh, wow, it's going to be following another character, you know, go, heading through. Like, it looked like a like a New York or something. So I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be. It did. It definitely looked like New York. Was that hinting that that was the girl that was with him the whole time? Sorry to kind of get off the middle of the podcast, but... That's exactly how I felt. Like, it was that girl. And so the girl came into their world from our world to get to mm-hmm. Ansel, right? I think. I, I think. That's what I took from it. Yeah, I took from it too, yeah. That's why I was excited about it, because she, you know, she came back home, and she was dressed in different, just like he dressed different in his world. Exactly, yeah. So that's what I took from it, and I was like, wow, this is really cool that they're going to extend it. I was like, hopefully we get a few more arcs, but at least I know that there's going to be a second arc. Yeah, I know that he said it's going to come back. I think he's going to do them all separate, like separate stories, but I, hopefully none of this stuff that's going on has delayed that, and we won't get that. Not for, I mean, another year, but I I cannot wait for more of this. I'm definitely pumped to get some more Folklords. Yeah. And the art by Matt Smith is great, too. It definitely has some of that old school art that, uh, like old school Vertigo or old school Fable. It's like a better Bill Willingham, almost. I have a question for you about this book now. Do you feel like the little green guy that always kept the elf friend that always came up missing when something was going down like we're gonna get something like he's like a bad guy i wonder why he's always disappearing whether he's a bad yeah i think either he's gonna be a bad guy or maybe when he's disappearing it'll be another story arc to see what was going on and what he was doing yeah that's true that's true hopefully they go with the second part what you just said yeah yeah definitely that'll give us some extra room it was weird to disappear and then come back again it happened so many times (laughs) Right. Every time anything would go down, he was gone. Like like he like he was afraid of something always. And I was like, wait, this is odd. And even it was odd is when he was found as a kid. Because remember, he was with all those babies in the tree, and then he was like left by the tree and then retrieved. Yeah. <laughs> he was from like a he was like basically like a dumped baby, and then like someone came and got him. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was definitely yeah. a weirdo. Yeah, I enjoyed this book. I enjoyed it. Uh, quite a bit i will say that it seems like matt kent you know with this book and with his other new book bang like these are similarly written except bang is more you know this is more fantasy 
and Bang is more like a crime noir, which is really cool. Like he's doing it from a writer's point of view. Like he's putting the writers in the book, and I, I'm enjoying that because I'm enjoying it too. Well, let's go up and bang a little bit. So, have you read Mind Management or Department H? Yeah, but it was a long time ago. So P.K. Verve, who's the author that's writing all these stories in Bang. He is the central part of both those stories. But P.K. Verne is a writer based off Phil K. Dick that exists in multiple different realities. And he's in all of Matt Kent's like Kentverse and Dark Horse. So he's someone that sets off the main story in Mind Management. And he's in a lot of the backstory there. And he's the person that funds everything in the Department H experiment on the ocean. But it's different P.K. verbs. It's in like parallel realities, but he exists in every reality. He's based off Philip K. Dick. And so this one, it's just about his writing and all these characters are people he created, but they're somehow alive in the real world, which is just the beginning of Bang, which, sorry, I got to get off and talk about Bang a little bit, but Bang is one of the best first first two issues I've read in a long time where I'm just like, <laughs> I'm in. I got to eat yourself a James Bond in the first issue. And the second issue is I got John McClane being cooler than ever, taking crazy pills. They're uh, giving him superpowers. And now they're going to team up and now they're yep. going to go find a badass girl. But now... Everything's held back. Who yeah. knows when we'll get the next issue? It kind of feels like what's that movie that like they they've been doing like I think it begins with the E. Um, like S- Sylvester Stallone, Chuck Norris was in like all these dudes. The Expendables, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it feel like he's creating his own Expendables team, but it in does, a comic yeah. Book form? And that's that's pretty sweet. And the fact that Verve is the one that they're all coming to a meeting and that he's writing all their books, it's going to connect to his other books. Created like secretly this little universe in dark horse comics where it doesn't matter if you've read all of it but if you have you get way more rewarded with what he's doing which is matt kent's awesome read everything he does like yeah. i'll swear by the the matt kent bible you should definitely check out folklore yeah. i think it's coming out it is july 14th it'll be available in trade like i talk a lot about lemire and ken and i mean anytime you see any of their books come out just order them tell your lcs you know if you don't have lcs and you order them somewhere else just anything that comes out just buy them order them if you're doing digital get them all on comiXology they're all there matt kent honestly has had a sale too uh all his spy stuff on comiXology might still be going on but for the last couple weeks all of his books have been like 2.99 to 4.99 like trades like full trades I mean, you're getting you're getting like 12 issues for five bucks, which is not a bad deal. Yeah, that that's awesome. And I know that a friend of the show, Ronnie, he's friends with Matt Kent. So Matt Kent's birthday just came up a few days ago. So uh, go buy some books from him because it was Matt's birthday. Yeah, go buy some (laughs) books from Matt Kent. Happy birthday, Matt Kent. Yeah, yeah. So I want to hang out with Matt Kent. I mean, I'd be like, oh. Yeah, he's he seems cool as hell. He does seem cool as hell, and so does Tyler Jenkins and Tyler Jenkins' wife. They all seem like a, a crowd I'd love to be around. Yeah, it's that you know, it's those Missouri people, man. Something about them. I am from California originally. I live in Nevada now, but I have made in the last ten years somehow thousands of friends from Missouri, specifically Kansas City. None of them even know each other really. It's just random people I met, which I'm just like. When I'm at work now and someone calls from Branson, Missouri, I'll be like, oh, I've heard about Branson, Missouri. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> I'm like, but I've never even been there. Yeah. it's. I think that's like a country music area. I think so. I think it's a rich area right next to Kansas City. And it's something, I mean, it's it's the Midwest vibe, man. That's uh, us yeah. Midwesterners are chill. <laughs> it's yeah it's it's true you guys are very chill yeah, that's that's how we roll all right do you have anything else you want to add on folklords 
besides buy it? No, not not at all. I mean, unless there's something else like from Ken or something. I think we hype pretty much a lot of books of his. So like, if even if people have read these books, I think we've uh, given them other ideas of books to read. Yeah, read, read so, them all. Yeah, right. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Michael, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Poet Air, and that's H-E-I-R 33. And you can find me on Twitter at Comic Spread. And you can find podcast at Nerds From the Underground at Nerds From. Go subscribe to NerdyLegion.com. And uh, I guess what we say right here is uh, Johnny and I have been saying aloha.